that's part of the beauty of this over linear, um, especially programmatically, you can understand where you're serving. And I'd almost go back to the performance marketer in me who's like, let the data lead you, to be honest. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe you specifically, it's not working. Maybe for someone else it is. And so in aggregate, starting to see those trends of, okay, when I'm serving on these sports highlight clips, uh, I am getting such a lower conversion rate. How big will streaming TV be for mobile user acquisition and all other kinds of marketing in 2023? Hello and welcome to Mobile Heroes Uncensored. My name is John Katsira. Co-host, of course, is Peggy and Salt. And today we're chatting about connected TV, streaming TV, over-the-top OTT, whatever you want to call it, and however it's actually delivered. We're watching more and more non-traditional TV on the big screens on our walls, as well as the small screens in our hands. What are the opportunities for mobile marketers here? A lot of it is ad-supported, and more of it is becoming ad-supported. What do you need to know to take advantage of that, and how big is this opportunity going to get? Peggy, who's our guest? I would say we have a guru on this one, John. We have an encore. Wow. Yes, we do. He has the street cred. We had him before. We have him back because this is his area of specialty. Jonathan Yance, who is Managing Director, MNC Saatchi Performance, of course, a digital marketing agency telling the human side behind the data. And Jonathan brings a decade plus of experience with media strategy and execution across entertainment, education, retail, hospitality industries. He calls himself a seasoned digital marketer with a passion for developing and executing full funnel strategies with a focus on UA, ROI, customer engagement, the usual. It takes hard data. It takes soft skills. Jonathan has them both in spades because he also has background in social media, experience as an assistant librarian. There goes the research and the numbers, right? and a Digital Initiatives Fellowship from GLAD, the world's largest LGBTQ media advocacy group, working to increase media accountability and community engagement that ensures authentic stories are being seen and heard. And I can't wait to hear more, including also some stories from you, Jonathan. And hey, I got to say it belated, happy birthday as well. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you know you. everything about you, Jonathan. <laughs> yeah. Wow, everything. My, I've been mean, truly going back from literally day one. So, yes. Uh, <laughs> thank you both for having me again. Very excited to be back. Absolutely. You must have done, you know, better than average, right? <laughs> On the first time. So, <laughs> now we're happy to have you back. That's good. Let's talk about streaming TV and advertising, right? We know that streaming TV, connected TV over the top is super fast growing. And we know that actually ad supported versions of it are perhaps even faster growing than the paid version, right? Netflix is just starting its early journey there and many others are in the space. What's the best way for advertisers to view the space and maybe take advantage of it? Yeah, I think it just just like you would for mobile or for any type of advertising, just remind yourself, put yourself in the consumer's shoes first and foremost. So picture yourself on the couch at the end of a long day, watching TV, you're streaming it, um, whether you're streaming via Roku, via your Xbox or a million other ways at this point. 
and just keep in mind what a consumer would be looking for. It's actually pretty similar to linear in a lot of ways, at least from a creative standpoint. And that's probably where the similarities end, though. I think just keeping in mind the polished creative, the emotional story and journey you're taking someone through and and best practices like that that I'm sure we'll get into. But it's its biggest benefits and draws are really around the targeting capabilities uh, and how that's quite different than linear. So, you know, less upfront commitments, a lot more flexibility in terms of seeing data in real time, being able to react to it, start to block certain uh, shows or channels that you're showing on and really react in real time, which is our bread and butter as mobile marketers. So, Interesting. Can you talk a little bit more detail about that targeting? I mean, we're getting used on mobile to having very limited targeting capability in iOS. Android is, you know, business as usual, at least until late 2023 or early 2024. What kinds of targeting are you talking about? on connected TV, smart streaming TV. Sure. Uh, and yes, it's a great point how much we're losing on the mobile side. And so I would temper expectations a little bit because there's a lot of targeting capabilities now, but who knows where that will go. I think we all got quite used to and even almost addicted to some of those targeting levers and real-time data points across social across uh, all the mobile space. So while it's available now, it may not be forever. So we shall see. But really, it comes down to uh, a lot of it is IP based. Um, so you're able to narrow into households, maybe not a very specific individual, but at the zip code level, uh, you can look at household income and things like that. You can also I will say, though, it varies by partner. Some allow you to target based on the types of shows that people have watched so that you get kind of a contextual understanding of who they might be. You can also really lean into retargeting and sequential messaging, which has been really strong um, for us sometimes in the past, really telling that story in you know multiple different types of creatives. So maybe if you're launching a new product or a new brand, start with a, a bigger intro explaining it and then kind of go to more of the hard sell and a clear call to action through targeting as well as lookalikes. And so since a lot of what we're doing here is tying into mobile and ultimately driving app installs for our clients, lookalikes end up becoming really useful um, to understand, okay, this type of consumer Actually, and we can um, determine that they installed the app after being exposed to this specific CTV ad. And now let's, of course, find some uh, consumers like them. Hey, I have to follow up here. Please forgive me for jumping in. I know you've got a question here, but here's my question, Jonathan. Sequential ads, you mentioned that and introducing a, a consumer to you. I've been watching World Cup highlights on streaming TV, right? Who hasn't? And yeah. exactly, right? And and I'm seeing the same ad for the same company three times in the same highlight package for one game, and then another three times in the next highlight package for the next game. And by the fourth time, I'm saying, I hate you. 
I literally hate you. This brand that keeps showing me the same ad every time I'm bored by it. I hate your song. I hate your logo. <laughs> I hate your product. I hate everything about you because you're annoying me. Tell us what's the right way to do this. Mm. Not that way. I will say that. <laughs> and I will. And I won't ask you to name names. Maybe after we stop recording, I will. But uh, there are definitely ways to avoid that. I guess what I would say is, you know, trying to think on how they would have set things up. Perhaps they just don't necessarily know any better yet. This is a relatively new and constantly evolving space. If you think back to the very early days of uh paid social or Google display, uh, things were changing all the time and maybe not everyone really understood frequency capping and things like that. But uh, basically one of the best ways to do it is we understand we have the different ad blocks um, and there are ways and levers on the back end, especially if you're buying programmatically or if you're going direct through a partner like a Roku or Amazon Fire TV just making sure that in your discussions with them or while setting up programmatically to make sure that you have a limit per ad block or say i only want one ad block at a time within a given show or movie whatever it may be Mm -hmm. cool thank you so hopefully that won't happen again but we'll see i hope so early days it's early days but the good news is that advertisers can lean into this opportunity but hey it's a fragmented market jonathan amazon fire roku broadcast type partners hulu netflix offering ads how do you help your clients navigate this landscape and develop an effective strategy and while we're at it what does an effective strategy look like Yeah, excellent point. This could not be, this is incredibly fragmented market. At Mm. this time, we're seeing uh, brands who are trying to dip their toes in, start with just maybe one at a time. And that can be a way to get a little bit comfortable with it potentially and uh, understand the types of metrics. Maybe you start off that way very slowly just to make sure that, you know, some of the the data along the consumer journey is flowing through correctly to make sure, you know, there's not something that went wrong with tracking. Uh, But we'd highly recommend against that usually in the long term, especially from a overall performance marketing standpoint. So if you're trying to drive someone to watch your ad and then install your app, uh, or go to your website or take some further action, which most brands are, In that case, being able to diversify, there are a lot of solutions programmatically that you can um, tap into inventory across multiple places through one overall, say, campaign setup. And that's where, not to tout us too much or anything like that, but that's where an agency like us can come in and help, where we're doing this constantly across multiple clients and we can help have a team manage that or even manage multiple ones individually because I can see that of course being a daunting task if you're on the client side and you would love to try this and you're really excited about it and then you realize okay I have to go back and forth with four different partners directly and also have programmatic set up and try to manage that all at the same time that Mm. is definitely why you need a bit of a larger team to help with that Um, but 
I guess to to the other point, uh, what an effective strategy looks like. I will give you my slightly annoying blanket answer of it does vary quite a bit depending on the goal. Uh, you know, you can have if, if your goal is more just overall awareness and you're trying to almost mimic what you could be doing on linear TV just by getting in front of a mass amount of people and staying top of mind. So especially like um, CPG brand, uh, we see that a lot. Then, you know, that's where you can either go in deep with a partner in particular who offers, you know, extra brand lift studies and extra things like that. Um, but if you are more so focused on then getting someone to take an action, because of course, as we're all watching our um, TV shows at the ad break, and even during the show, you pick up your phone and you're, you know, on the second screen while they're in that environment, you want them to see your ad think, oh, okay, well, actually, let me open that website and save it and keep it open as a tab for later. Or let me just install this app now and then I'll go back to it after I'm done watching that's where it can come into play with programmatic, especially because you can optimize to that install in real time, just in similarly to how you would across like Facebook or TikTok. Super interesting. And you talked about some of the brand union awareness uh, parts there. Talk about how you see CTV on sort of the brand performance scale. Uh, is it some of all? How does it work in either either direction of that? Yeah, I think typically we would recommend ideally a full funnel approach as uh, probably straightforward as that answer may sound in that, especially if you're maybe not a brand with the highest overall awareness or consideration levels, uh, you could start, maybe that's where sequential comes in and eventually once you build a pool of people who are taking whatever action you want them to, start building lookalikes and introducing that into the mix. At the end of the day, since a lot of this is IP-based, uh, not to go too technical into the weeds, but on the, especially on the MMP side to track and install, you're getting the IP data from where it's actually serving. So whether that's on you know Roku or, or whatever device, and then the MMP also is looking at, okay, when they installed this app, this was the IP address. Of course, not in isolation. They're fully doing everything in aggregate to be mindful of privacy, best practices, and things like that. But that's where that actual tieback happens to see where they started and then where they ended up installing. It's not a perfect science by any means and definitely evolving, but that's where I see really almost true performance media coming into it. Mm -hmm. How are people adapting media for this, for, for ad blocks? Because you've got a couple different sources of video, right? You've got some of the uh, traditional TV stuff that is being repurposed, the Seinfelds, the office, that sort of stuff that's getting shown on streaming uh, CTV networks. You've also got some of the new content that streaming providers like maybe HBO or Netflix have created for paid streaming. And, and you've also got like sports highlights that we already talked about. Not all, only one of those is designed for ad breaks. 
And so what you'll see sometimes is you're watching those World Cup highlights and they're just about to kick the goal on net, the ball on net, and boom, there's the interruptive ad unit. Um, how are, <laughs> are the so frustrated by this? Horrible for you. <laughs> how are the platforms dealing with when to put the ad slots in? I think, unfortunately, that's where it does come down to this being such a relatively early days um, of where they're trying to test that. I mean, yeah, maybe you don't want to be that first brand, especially if in the highlight example, you're the first brand in each break and you just keep saying the same ad. Clearly, that's getting to you specifically, but um, <laughs> not I, personal I, at all. Not <laughs> personal. <laughs> no, clearly, clearly. Uh, I think that's where, um, I mean, to be honest, a lot of the partners we're working with in the space, they're very open to and receptive to feedback like this. And so I would just encourage, you know, either agencies through their collective buying power or larger brands to be really just sharing this message back that, sure, that's definitely not ideal. I can't imagine that every single um, ad break is, you know, manually decided by yeah. some person. So, I mean, there's, there is something to be said, I guess, when you go back to the true linear TV days of that break being strategically planned at a cliffhanger moment. Um, I guess mm -hmm. that's kind of similar in some ways to, oh, just about to make this goal and then bam. <laughs> uh, I mean, one, one thing to consider is if you're in something like a, live stream uh, of sports clips and things like that kind of space. That's part of the beauty of this over linear, um, especially programmatically, you can understand where you're serving. And I'd almost go back to the performance marketer in me who's like, let the data lead you, to be honest. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe you specifically, it's not working. Maybe for someone else it is. And so in aggregate, starting to see those trends of, okay, when I'm serving on these sports highlight clips, uh, I am getting such a lower conversion rate or uh, no one's, you know, some something's not working. So what is it? Is NPS it- NPS scores are out? plummeting. Yeah, <laughs> yes. exactly, exactly. So that's where, that that's what another way to maybe look at it. Talk about- the creatives, because we, we started to talk about them. You know, we talked about putting a frequency cap on them above all. But uh, you don't want to just reuse your TV creatives. You want to be authentic to the platform and definitely interactive. It's the second screen. You want me interacting with it. What does that really look like? Sure. Uh, yeah, so that's where there are some similarities. Uh, definitely, you know, this... I guess, depending on your audience, actually, but this may not be the place for the, you know, very uh, UGC TikTok type video where, you know, it's less polished and things like that. I think that's the main similarity. You can still tell a story, have a very uh, polished approach, but I think some of the best practices would be instead of linear where you start a journey, you never mention the brand. It, someone's unless unless it's pretty obvious someone may not know what it is until that very last three seconds when they announce the brand uh here in keeping with general mobile best practices start that at the beginning 
also probably obvious, but make sure you're keeping in mind that uh, this is an audio on channel. And mm. after years of being in social, maybe until TikTok, you you had just have it ingrained in you that audio is off, no one's listening. So, you know, communicate in different ways. I would also say there's uh, potentially an area to focus on with accessibility that's not talked about too much. So make sure that you also have it be available with captions and things like that. But otherwise, um, otherwise it's, it's relatively straightforward. You can, in some ways, adapt your existing linear ad. Just make sure there's a very clear call to action at the end. We're doing testing right now with QR codes even. Um, although to mixed results, I would say initially, but at least whether it's, um, just reminding them that specifically it's in the app, if you have to throw it in their face and have the Apple and Google logos, it just reminding them exactly where they can get it so that it's, it's really clear and obvious. Where are you seeing the bulk of the action? Maybe more on the performance side, are you seeing sort of CTV to mobile app? Are you seeing CTV app to CTV app? I mean, that'd be competitive against the app that's showing it. But, you know, what what are you seeing primarily? Um, actually, for our current accounts, we're seeing quite, quite a mix of both. Uh, so one account we work with is a very successful streaming service uh, where it is that CTV to CTV. And actually, isn't that... Uh, frowned upon necessarily there are more unique ways maybe to go about it and that's where you can unlock say with roku they have specific ad units that may not be the actual video mid-roll or something but uh here's a promoted channel things like that those are some ways to go about it as well but you can also do that as um pre-roll mid-roll etc and then on the ctv to mobile that that is a little bit of our bread and butter. And that's where we work with our various MMP partners, um, which vary by client to be able to track that, track the install and make sure that we're trying to look at this holistically, deduping across any other media channels that we might have in market. Although I will caution everyone that that is still a little bit work in progress let's just say some are able to dedupe better than others some are a bit more probabilistic versus deterministic so just super important to to understand the data that's coming in so you make the most informed decision which is what we all do every day ideally but uh, this is one where it's more important than ever because there are a lot of nuances between the partners but the good news is some tracking is possible there, Jonathan, right? Yeah. Um, it's, it's possible to build a strategy. It's possible to achieve more than just top funnels. You said it can be the whole funnel, across the entire funnel. Now, the ad creatives, it can be some of our TV creatives, but also interactive. And we've seen that QR codes, huge. Just need to say the Super Bowl which is probably one of John's favorite ads, and I don't like it. That Love much. it. <laughs> That's awesome. It's a game just watching the ad. It's perfect. It's playables on TV. Yeah. Have you yeah. ever seen this before, Peggy? It's genius. I knew he was going to do that just to get. <laughs> but John John seems to be an outlier with some of these opinions. Let's just say that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Wow. 
That's that's how to describe you, John. It makes it sound so so intellectual. Yeah, rather than <laughs> outcast. I'm not outcast, just a little bit controversial. But to stay on the topic of creatives here, what can marketers, designers be doing, be crafting to incentivize us to take action, grab our attention? What are your thoughts? Sure. I think there there are definitely a lot of ways. It can be, you know, if you have the luxury of having a really great talent. Um, so if you're a entertainment services brand that's either audio-based, video-based, and, and leaning into that, um, if you're trying to get someone to make a purchase or a subscription, promo codes can also be one way to do further testing and ensure that the data that's flowing through is accurate enough. If you have a code that's unique to whatever was on streaming, you could do A-B testing through that. And then as you're designing videos in, in general, I think a lot, of, a, a lot of the linear kind of ideas do come into play a little bit in that it should be very dynamic. You can lean into emotions, but then to really get someone to convert uh, I was reading a study very recently, actually, that uh, CTV and streaming TV, so many acronyms and names for this, uh, people who are watching that way really expect, almost more than half expect these ads to be more personalized to them versus a linear TV, which I found very interesting because people are starting to realize, okay, well, if this device knows all, what I'm watching consistently, surely it can be a little bit more specific. So I think that's where the targeting and creative can come into play to really adapt it quite a bit better. And yeah, I think those would be some of the ways. Hmm. Very, very cool. This has been amazing. We've got to start bringing it to a close. There's kind of two questions that we ask at the end of every interview. I'm going to adapt it for you. We usually ask top, you know, your least censored opinion about mobile marketing. I'm going to ask for your least censored opinion about CTV advertising. Mm. I actually think... Uh, I really do see this potentially as long as the trajectories are, are in the right direction and the technology continues to evolve, which most likely it should, I could totally start to see this uh, overcoming social and even display budgets and, and things like that. But when you look at it, bigger picture, um, I think CTV, streaming TV, I believe the latest stat was by 2026, overall spending here is meant to double and it's already quite high. So maybe the headlines previously have been, oh, social and all these other channels are taking away from linear TV, everyone's cord cutting. And now here's a way where brands can feel, you know, a little bit more comfortable with their traditional approach of, I want mass reach and now also targeted mass reach. Um, and if we're able to start tracking things like an install or a website visit and purchase, then this should only be able to grow further, especially as some of the social channels without naming names are in an interesting space at the moment. <laughs> Who would that be? And which billionaire would be coming in and making things more interesting? Nobody knows. Tune in next yeah. episode <laughs> for all the detail. That's my, you know, we drop an ad right there. See, that's what I've done. <laughs> and, a, and a cliffhanger, John. <laughs> I love it. 
I love it, though, Jonathan. That is a great insight, actually, because guess what? Yeah. All of the linear TV budget should be coming over to CTV pretty soon because all that should be transitioning. And because it's still digital and has the performance aspects and the measurability aspects and the targeting aspects that linear TV didn't, and it should capture some of the bigger digital budget as well. Very interesting. Okay, second thing that we always ask every person, I'm going to tailor it to you again, your top tips for marketers, let's say mobile marketers, because that's our audience, who are using CTV or thinking about using CTV in 2023. Sure. I think number one, and this can circle into a few quick examples, would be just remembering and going back to that point about expecting it to be personalized to them. Um, and I think one, you know, for younger generations, certainly much younger than I am since I just had my birthday, uh, they really crave authenticity. <laughs> so sorry. I'm never, I'm never coming back after that. No. Um, <laughs> No. Um, when you think of the trends on, on TikTok, even Instagram, really craving authenticity, less of the super polished, almost Kardashian-like um, authenticity will continue. The likes of Be Real have proven that. Um, and so make sure that when you're targeting a younger audience for this, make sure it's probably obvious, of course, but make sure it really engages and speaks to them. And then mm -hmm. second, don't forget that um, older generations, especially with some slight economic uncertainty that we're facing as we look ahead to the next year, that's where a lot of buying power still remains. Um, mm -hmm. And so making sure, you know, maybe the messaging there is quite different. Maybe it's more, there are a whole bunch of research into different audiences and what they look for and what inspires them. Maybe it's not as authenticity and the brand giving back and and things like that but maybe it's a more a direct here are the top three benefits and why you should get this uh, more of a utilitarian approach so way to go jonathan way to represent your demographic <laughs> i had to Peggy made me. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> I, did I did it. I was sending <laughs> messages in chat. I was saying, let's grill for Jonathan today. No. We know he turned 29. Wow. It's I appreciate <laughs> that. Oh, well. We will have you back again someday, Jonathan. Who knows? We'll, we'll convince you. I'll be mysteriously sick that day. <laughs> Convenient. Convenient. <laughs> Jonathan, it has been, first of all, it's been tons of fun because we're laughing our asses off but we also learned we also learned a lot i love the point about personalization that's got me thinking that that's where we'll expect it demand it and another one that it might eclipse social that leaves me with some things to think about so thanks for sharing and for opening our eyes to that awesome thank you so much again for having me really appreciate it always good to chat with you both thank you and thank you to all listeners. We really do appreciate you. Hope you're enjoying it. Let us know on social if you are. And let us know if you want to come and we'll have you on the show. If you're a mobile hero or you know of someone who is, then fill out the interest form over at shorturl.at forward slash JKSKT.
Also, Liftoff has a Slack for mobile heroes and people in the mobile ecosystem. There's a link on the screen. And if you're listening to the podcast, it's at info.liftoff.io slash slack dash sign up. It's pretty cool. There's smart people there. And you know what? They probably need you too. And you have probably been completely blown away by all the insights on this show. And you want your transcript. And you can have it because the transcripts are over at Liftoff's website. Go to liftoff.io, click on Heroes, and then click on Podcast. I actually personally love transcripts because I read way faster than people talk. So that's a great way to get insights really, really quickly. Until next time, this is John Katsir. Thank you so much for joining. And this is Peggy Ann Saltz signing off for Mobile Heroes Uncensored. <laughs>